Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and we brought somebody back, somebody you guys know, somebody everybody loves, Dr. Jason Allegood. What's up, Jason? Hey, Joe. How you doing, man? Well, you know, doing all right, doing okay. New year, same me. That's uh, that's the bad yeah. news. Uh, <laughs> new year, same yeah, me. I hear you. But, uh, but new year, uh, new mercies, because God's mercies right. are new every morning, right? So that's good. Amen. I can, uh, I can appreciate yeah. that. And uh, you were just sharing with me before we got on here that you had to put your dog down, dude. And we didn't really have much of a chance to talk about it, but like people, yeah. people who don't have dogs may think, because I used to think this way, like just like get over it. It, it dogs die like whatever is that uh yeah the, the 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 toughest saltiest of men that i've ever known who had dogs are genuinely broken when their dogs yep. pass and so i'm so sorry that you uh you lost one yeah. of your dogs man how long Thank did you, you have is that was zeke right yeah zeke yeah big zeke he uh we got him uh i think in 2015 okay so he was three years old when we got him so we've we had him about you know seven years uh and uh yeah it's good he was a good dog uh, he was a good guard dog because he was a big yeah rottweiler slash labrador dog of course you you spent some time with him here at my I love, house but i love zeke yeah 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 so we've got his little you know his his mini me jovi is still with us uh but she's gonna go live with karis and trevor when they get married so we're gonna be dogless okay but yeah it's always hard man it's you know you think like um, it's not going to be, it's not going to affect you that much, but you know, they're, they become part of the family. I mean, you probably encountered this as well. Like I'll have homeless dudes that'll come in to our church and I'm like, Hey, you should go to a shelter. He's like, yeah, but they won't let me keep my dog. And they're like, yeah. I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of get it. <laughs> it's the one faithful friend he has. That's always, that's, with that's him, right. right. This is my family, you know? So, so yeah, we had a little bit of, you know, a few days of grief around here, but we knew it was the best decision. The vet told us it was the best decision. My kids who are all grown is like mom and dad, it's time, <laughs> you know? So they all said their goodbyes. And, you know, again, it's kind of like, we know that they're not made in the image of God, and yet God gives us good gifts that we get mm. to enjoy with his, like you just said, his mercies. So, yeah. Um, yeah so. so so it sounds like you're one of those guys who doesn't believe his dog went to heaven. As you said, not made in the image. Are you one of those guys? Or are you one of those guys, you know, like people say Luther. I don't actually, I haven't actually read Luther on this. I've just always heard people reference Luther as believing something about this. Are you uh, Are you a... Uh, all dogs go to heaven guy or are you know we, we no, we don't really believe in that yeah i don't know where i land on that i i know it's a silly like thought um for some people but i think randy alcorn actually addresses this in his book on heaven and it may be sort of the junior version of that book you know because everybody if they have a book that's really popular they got to make the teenage version the adult version the whatever but and i think it's in the kids version that he says something about like god is good right like god is faithful and merciful and gracious and he, he almost answers it in the i don't know why god would not possibly do that you know so i think i kind of land in that in between of you know it's possible but i'm not going to count on it and heaven's not about my dog it's about <laughs> right you know the glory of god and getting to be in his presence and whatever god whatever is ancillary enjoyment to that main focus of god's glory is is part of his grace and mercy so mm. um you know yeah i man. don't know it's a good it's a good answer it's it's funny because you know the the, the younger the older i get uh the more uptight i get about some of those questions and i don't know i used sure. to be really hard 
you know, with my with my answer being, uh, not only does the Bible not address it, what the Bible does say gives me no reason to believe it. Therefore, if you believe it, you're mm-hmm. a moron. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like at this point, it's like, yeah, that'd be cool if they were. I don't know. Could be God, like yeah. I said, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I sure. Don't, I don't have a theological reason to say it's impossible that they don't want to exist yeah. in glory, um, but it'd be nice. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just uh, yeah, you know, chilling out on some of the absolutism on some of the secondary issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I find it interesting that some of the guys that you and I would suspect are some of the really hard edged, like black and white kind of guys that we maybe have listened to or don't listen to anymore because we disagree with or whatever, but that, that like when you hear them in person, like they, they're, they're a little more softer than what they actually are. It's kind of like your thing where you say, you, you say that on social media, but you would never say that to Mm. a person in real life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. People are like when they, when you, when you get real with them, it's just, yeah, it's just, they're, they're a little softer than what you expect them to be. Yeah, on, on certain things. So. I've definitely, I've definitely experienced that. Well, listen, man, um, you know, you and I were talking and uh, we thought, l- let's come back and, and talk about uh, a- an aspect of the Christian life that, you know, you've given a, a serious, I think, amount of time to studying and understanding. Um, and the mm-hmm. way, you know, what we wanted to talk about was something that um, every Christian cares about on, on some level, right? Mm-hmm. Every Christian uh, is is invested in holiness. Like every Christian yeah. longs for holiness. Now, there are, of course, there are periods of time in our life or there are seasons when we maybe we don't, you know, backsliding is a real possibility. You know, the confession says that the, essentially the, the best of us uh, are, you know, can be overtaken by uh, temptation and sin. But, mm-hmm. uh, but every Christian, you know, uh, when we're thinking right, like we long for holiness because we want to be like our Heavenly Father. We want to be like our Redeemer. Um, and so we're oftentimes looking for various motivations, right? Things that, uh, that compel us or move, move our hearts in such a way or stir our hearts in such a way where we, we long for and then pursue holiness. And it's an important conversation because, you know, I remember not, not too many years ago, there were well-known platformed uh, pastors and authors saying things like, uh, if you pursue holiness, you'll never be holy. If you pursue godliness, you'll never be godliness. You just need to rest in your justification. And they would toss away the third use of the law and uh, just really right. unhealthy stuff. Um, and so I'm glad that we seem to have moved past a lot of that. But it seems to me that that some of us get stirred up by... Uh, by some things that are, are not the right kind of motives, or at least they're they're mm-hmm. they're very secondary, right? Um, what I mean, and one of the things that that you were were talking to me about is it's I don't want to say it's forgotten because it's certainly in Scripture, but it isn't much discussed, and that is the hope of glory as a motive for holiness today. So the future mm-hmm. hope impacting uh, the way we live, think, and love and yearn today. Can you talk a little bit about that and explain to us why this is such an important aspect of our faith and our sanctification? Yeah, it's a really, really important topic and one that, as you just said, I don't think, I mean, again, you and I have talked about in previous episodes that 
glorification is a underrepresented topic in literature and um, I mean, it's in the systematics, but um, so that in and of itself lends itself to not thinking much about how glorification affects our everyday life. Um, but it is something that, um, you know, John writes about in First John 3 in light of what we in theology call the beatific vision, the beautiful, you know, um, appearing of God. <clears throat> so if I could just read, yeah, um, you know, there's sort of this um, justification, glorification kind of language that John uses in 1 John 3, you know, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. There's, there, there's this definitiveness, so kind of to the uh, idea that you were just talking about this, perhaps, I mean, I don't know if we can overemphasize justification, but sort of the the issues that were going on a few years ago, um, we, we're not diminishing justification right. by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> we have, if we don't have justification, is, we have nothing. Yeah, yeah. But this is what we are. I mean, there's a, such confidence in what mm-hmm. John says there. The reason the wor- why the world does not know us is that they did not know him. Um, <clears throat> again, you know, Jesus lived a certain way. We're called to live a certain way. I mean, if we're living like Jesus, which is what John is calling us to do in First John, then the world's not going to like us. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't like him. They like their version of Jesus. Right. Anyway, um, behold, uh, beloved, uh, verse 2, we are God's children now. Again, he emphasizes that. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears— we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. There's the beatific vision, you know, like, and I'm writing on this. So that's takes up a lot of Mm. the um, real estate for um, just even thinking about what is glorification. Um, When we see him, we shall, uh, when we, you know, when we see him, we shall uh, be as he is. And then he says this though, and this is what we're talking about today. And everyone who thus hopes in him, Mm purifies himself as he is pure. Yeah. And and that hope is certainly a justification hope. It is certainly a sanctification hope, but it's also a glorification. I mean, that's what he says sure. right beforehand is when we see him, mm-hmm. we shall be like him. When we see him as he is, as he is in what state? Yeah. Well, in his resurrection, resurrected, glorified state. First um, Corinthians 15, the heavenly body, whatever that means. And there's much exploration around that. But yeah, then we talked about, we talk about this idea of motivation of um, what causes me to desire to be pure is thinking about the way in which Jesus lived his life in his humanity, in the incarnation, but also this confident hope that one day I will be like him. And so I'm ever approaching being made into the image of Christ, as Paul says in Romans 8. I'm ever approaching that from the perspective of already, not yet, but God's work in me as I submit to him and to his spirit. And, you know, again, third use of the law, um, as I, out of gratitude and love for God who has saved me, submit myself to him, 
He is transforming me into the image of Christ, which will be completed at glory. So my trajectory, my hope is on that reality so that as I step day by day in the footsteps of Jesus, if you will, it is toward that goal. Mm -hmm. In theology, we talk about teleology, toward that telos of the perfection of Jesus. So, now I, I love this because it is, you know, eminently biblical. Um, you know, the, the, I know there was a passage, uh, there is a passage in um, in First Peter. When uh, I was uh, I was a young Christian, maybe a year in, and it was the first time I had ever sort of that it was the first time I remember growing spiritually cold, right? You know, mm. just over the weekend and. I was just, you know, or that week, and I had just grown kind of complacent and cold. And I woke up on a Saturday morning and was just convicted. I grabbed my Bible. I drove out to Wheeler Park, uh, which is a park in the town that I grew up in. And uh, I walked out into the middle. It's a giant park. Walked way out into the middle of this park, sat down, and I did the the, the drop and flop method. You know, just open my Bible, drop it, flop it open, start reading. Sure. And I land on First Peter chapter one verse thirteen, uh, where it says, "Therefore, mm. preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ." As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, be also holy in all your conduct. And so, like I'm confronted with this passage that is saying, "Hey, man." Uh, Gird up your loins, the loins of your mind, like get serious, be holy. Uh, but it's put in the context of this looking forward to the grace that will be revealed to us, the, the yeah. grace that we'll receive at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's the same sort of a thing in your first John passage. And and it, I found it in the in that immediate context, right? It was very compelling. It was it was one of those moments, right? I don't have a bunch of them, but it was one of those moments where like the voice of God in scripture was so loud. But how sure. how how exactly is this motivating? How is it that, oh, listen, when you see Jesus, when Jesus returns, you are going to be made like him. Glory is going to be glorious, right? And it's mm -hmm. it, how is that motivating to us today and not demotivating? Like how is it that, you know, because I know I'm Obviously, people get messed up and they, they twist theology like, oh, well, if I'm justified and God's glorified when he forgives me, I'm just going to go ahead and sin and he can get all the glory and I'll get all the grace. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's fine. How is it? How is it? How does it work, practically speaking, that future glory motivates us and excites us for holiness today when, well, it's we can just wait for it. Why don't we just chill? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that <clears throat> probably unknowingly, the idea of um, justification toward glorification and therefore I can live any way I want to live um, is, it, it seems to be nihilistic, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe unknowingly to people because it doesn't have uh, the progress of what God is doing in view. So I've heard people say like Romans 8, well, he talks about justification and he talks about glorification, but he doesn't talk about talk about sanctification. And uh, my argument to that is: look at the verse above, Romans eight thirty. Look above and see that he says he's conforming us currently to the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, of course, theologically, you and I would agree 
though there are periods of you just, you know, anecdotally gave us this idea of coldness, the confession talks about times of, of backsliding and that we can be tempted. But, you know, the, <clears throat> the confession also says that those who are in such a state won't remain there. Yep. So there's always that hope of renewal. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a means of renewal and refreshing to our mind that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say it better than Kistemacher says it in his uh, commentary on First John. How does the believer face the future? He has received God's promise of complete restoration. And now he lives in hope that God will fulfill this promise. Mm. When do we, and I'm not saying this is across the board the case, because I believe that we can get into a funk, if you will, because we've been sinned against. But many times it's our own sin. It's losing sight of who God is and what he has promised. Yeah. That puts us in that state. And and some sometimes that's my own sinfulness. Uh, obviously, as I just said, sometimes it's the sinfulness of others, but but many times it is my own sinfulness saying, God, I don't, I don't like your gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like your promises, and I, they don't seem fulfilling to me, and um, I am just waiting. Um, <clears throat> and, and Peter, you just mentioned Peter earlier, uh, kind of says, you know, don't be, don't be slack in regarding God's promises. Yeah. For a, th- a day is a thousand to the Lord, a thousand is a day. And so... Um, and, th- and this is kind of goes into the whole issue of hope. So I'm, I, as you know, I'm writing a book on the hope of glorification, and I sort of introduced the book with what is biblical hope? Mm. It is a confident certainty yeah. that God will fulfill his promises. Mm. And so um, I, if I say I'm a believer, I trust the Lord. And, and again, I don't want to disparage people who are going through periods of discouragement or depression right. or backsliding or whatever, I want to encourage by this and say, um, we have been transformed. We have been given, we, so, so again, this language, we are currently new creations in Christ yeah. who look forward to a new creation. It's the already not yet paradigm again, you know what I'm saying? And so it, um, it motivates us because we, even if we're being reminded or refreshed, mm-hmm. it, it, it is God's promise to us. And, um, and then, you know, just looking further, even at the passage you just mentioned, Peter says, and you may have already said this, be holy for I am holy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're going to call him so father. So I have a question for you mm-hmm. in that regard, if I could, how do we do that? How, how do we pursue be holy for I am holy? Can we achieve that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say a, a couple of things here. Um, uh, number one, to answer your question immediately Yes, relatively. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very, I get very frustrated. I, I began to encounter it quite a bit. Um, well, I guess at my time at Moody, I was really encountering it at the back end of that and then into seminary. And then online, um, a lot of Calvinists are pessimists. Like they're like, oh, like they're, they're defeatist. Well, I'll never, mm. I, I can't be holy. It's this underdeveloped, you know, undercooked Calvinism that sees like total depravity and uh, they're like, well, you know, uh, there's none, none of my righteousness is ever going to be perfect. Uh, so I can never be holy. I can never be godly. I can't keep God's law. Like, well, no, that's not how scripture talks about it. You do. Mm-hmm. You can. It's, it's not perfect, but it's real. And so, yes, yeah. uh, there is, a, there is a, a true holiness, if imperfect, that I do think Christians 
experience in this life. Um, and, and a part of the, the godly life, a, a holy life, is a life that sees, acknowledges, and confesses and repents of present sin. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a part of the godly life. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that I, 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 I have had to address a number of times, usually with young or um, underdeveloped Calvinists, where they just, you know, they're, they're like, oh, and they're, their defeatism leads to immorality, frankly. It, it, it leads to right. laziness, and laziness, you know, can in time then uh, devolve into embracing serious, sustained sin. So that's one of the things that I would say. In terms of how, I do think it, I don't want to, I want to say it starts, but maybe that's the wrong word. But like this whole idea of, of the, this future glory being a motive, I think it, maybe it starts in different places, right? So I think, you know, when you get a, but I do think it's all grounded in theology. I think our motive yeah. for godliness is always grounded in theology. So some people, and maybe most of us, you know, we were converted and we begin to grow. And what is it that really compels us to put sin to death? Well, we see Jesus, right? We see yeah. the fullness of God and the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we want to be like our savior who was perfect humanity. And humanity is so screwed up and backwards and disappointing that's and right. discouraging. So you look at Jesus and you're like, oh, so that's what a proper man looks like or a proper human. Like that's how it's supposed to be. Right. So I do think yeah. in seeing that, um, and so I think there's a number of things, but I like, for, so the way I think it works for me um, with how do we pursue this or actually do this um, as it relates to future hope, I think it goes back to you know, your definition of hope. I always say biblical hope isn't wishing. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's an assured anticipation of the fulfillment of God's promises, right? Like that's, that's, you know, like, and so when you see like, okay, hey, listen, in your broken, dark, sometimes very discouraging world, when you don't experience the transformation fully that you long for, and you wonder, am I ever going to change? Like that old extreme song, um, yeah, and you you look at great song, man. Great I love song. that you reference that, bro. <laughs> those three songs, Woo! those three songs, yeah. The third side to the story, mm-hmm. amazing writing. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yep. Oh boy, <laughs> gonna have to. I have to put a clip in on the YouTube for everybody. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, now this it. brings back a memory. This brings back a memory here. I asked you years ago if you would want to go see Extreme in concert in Chicago and you told me no because you didn't like them well I definitely <laughs> I definitely oh, no 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 I'm sorry it wasn't extreme I definitely My bad. said I don't like extreme I lied yeah <laughs> I lied it was King it was King's X I don't like X. that's why yeah. I would be accurate yeah, yeah yeah I'm sorry I was thinking it was extreme it was King's X yeah. my bad my bad my bad so yeah Gary Sharon yeah, and, man. and you should you should like you should like King's X but oh. beside the point those three songs by extreme are some of the best songwriting oh man in, ever yeah. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, just my kids know those songs. What's you know, extreme <laughs> for the, for you guys that don't know for you youngins? Okay, um, goodness, uh, extreme was around like what late eighties into the nineties, and then yeah, their first album came out in eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah. yeah, and they were uh, a hard rock band uh, with this, uh, lead but scene. with funk. Yeah, they, they were they were very talented. Was it Nuno Betancourt? Nuno Betancourt, unbelievable guitarist. So you, if yeah. you if you don't know who they are, you know one of their songs because everybody in America knows. Everybody knows it more than everybody words. knows it. 
And that's if, right. And you, it, yeah. you've at least seen the Jack Black uh, version of it. Uh, <laughs> Desecrated. <laughs> um, so, but extreme uh, Gary Sharon is a professing Christian. And um, yeah. and he, yeah. it comes out in his. Now, listen, nobody else in that band was. But Gary was, right. uh, or at least professed. Yeah. And it came out in his lyrics. And boy, yeah. Th- yeah the, man. Oh, so anyways, I'll link to it in the show. Wholehearted. There is o- there's, a, there's a hole in my yeah. heart that can only be filled by you. In these, uh, and I keep, I can't remember the words, but it's like basically I keep trying to fill this hole with the things I do, right? You know? And uh, he's talking about God. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt. And he has. He, uh, by the way, yeah. they have a new album coming out. They're working on new music. Yeah, I saw them recently so, doing something, and I'm I was excited. wondering. Yeah, and by yeah. the way, Gary Sharon was the lead singer for Van Halen for a brief period of time. For, for a brief period of time, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I, I love. Gonna, we sh- we should link to those songs. For, yeah, we will. They are so good. Gonna, there is a swear word in one of them. Oh but, yeah, that's all right. I want to um, finish this thought. <laughs> so I think you, yes. you look ahead to okay. God promises, I am go. You will be this way. But that's, and you go, okay, so once you grab the certainty of that, you also know he promises to work that in me progressively today. And so that's where I think like, okay, that is my future and I can begin to taste it today. I think that's, that's in my mind. It's like part of the, part of the motivation. Yeah. And I, uh, what I love about the first John passage, of course, it's coming toward the end of first John, but you go back to the beginning and he talks about having fellowship with God and walking in the light. Yep. Um, and, and I just love the sequence here. You know, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I mean, it's like this ping pong thing, you know, of uh, of what we experience. It's almost like Romans 7, like I'm doing the th- which is the reference that Sharon makes in uh, the extreme song, you know, am I ever going to change? Uh, am I am I ever uh, stay the same? I do one thing and I, you know, I say the other. And it's like this idea of I I, I don't I don't I'm not experiencing the holiness I want to experience, mm-hmm. but I have got Jesus who's gone before me the the pioneer and perfecter of my faith. And uh, it is his righteousness from which I live. Mm. And when I sin, which is inevitable, because if I say I don't sin, I'm a liar. And I make God a liar if I say I don't sin. Um, I can confess my sin. As you mentioned earlier, that's what brought my mind to this. I can confess my sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive me my sin, and he's going to return. Yeah. And, um, man, sorry. In that moment sin will be gone yeah this is people people who don't want heaven people who don't Mm. yearn for the return of christ must not be very honest or connected to sin or suffering because people that are good good, overwhelmed and convicted by their sin they want heaven more than they want this earth because it sin is so painful my sin or the or the devastation that sin has um, done in in the world to people that we love, or the just the suffering. Yeah. 
Those are the yeah. people that love heaven, that long for it, and look for the return of Christ. I mean, look at Paul, man. Amen. Paul goes yeah. into it. He really does. He's like, he, he, I, I love that he actually gets into it. He's like, well, you know, I'd really like to go. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, <laughs> that would be, that's, that's ideal. Going, like just being yeah. with the Lord, but it's necessary for you that I stay. And yeah. so it's like this yeah. whole, you know, and, that, and, and then is, is the blessed. My sacrifice to you is that I'm going to stay here with you creeps when I could be with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So there's like, okay, I could, I could experience, you know, heaven now in a sense. Yeah. And then there's like, he calls the return of, what is it? The blessed hope. Like that's that, right. That's this is what's mm. this is what I what I love about it is that eschatology for all of you pan millennial pan millennialist babies. Like if when I hear a pastor say I'm a pan millennialist, I want to slap him and take his Bible out of his hand. Like and listen, I don't you don't have to be an amillennialist. Okay, I'm an amillennialist. Right. But you gotta be something. You do you're as a pastor, have a position. Have have say like, hey man, right. um, I've studied this and this is what I think it says. I could be wrong. I acknowledge I could be wrong in my view of the millennium. Um, but ha- listen, read your Bible, have a, have an opinion. Come on, pan millennialist. I know it's yeah. a funny little joke, but too many of them mean it. But eschatology, <laughs> eschatology is relevant. Eschatology is yes. practical. Uh, if yeah. you, eschatology fills scripture, I mean, uh, for Old Testament, New yeah. Testament, eschatology is essential to our faith. Uh, and, and it's not, and it's not like weirdo charts and bizarro locusts with man right. faces and guys breathing fire, like literally. Like it's, it, it is the return of Christ, the establishment of his kingdom forever. Like the, that stuff matters, and it matters not just for theological precision or confessional orthodoxy. It matters for holiness. And that's what's like yeah. people— if you are blowing off eschatology, you're blowing off an instrumental means of grace, like a very particular yeah, that's right. set of theology that matters yeah. for your for your piety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good, Joe. And and I think that you know those those eschatologies, whatever ones we hold to, they set us on a trajectory in a certain way. But what true, regardless of our position, millennial position or whatever, yeah. what true eschat- eschatological um, meditations do for us uh, is not point us to the newspaper to see what's happening in the Middle East, though I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about those things, right. but it, it should drive us not to despair. Even if we're those who believe things are going to degrade, Yeah, that degradation is not surprising to us because we're, we live in a fallen world, but um, we've got 2000 years of, 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 Christians being absolutely. killed. Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, but it should drive us to hope. Yeah. The promises of God that will be fulfilled. Like you said, it's not wishful thinking. It's confidence in God's promises that he will fulfill them. Again, I go back to the, the passage that Peter says, you know, like where, when is his return? What's going on here? You know, like, no, that's not the, 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 the scared stance is not the stance. It is the hopeful stance. Mm. It is the bent of the heart towards glory. Therefore, today, I'm going to live. When this is, we see this in scripture. I'm going to live as if it's going to happen any moment. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't drive out of fear because perfect love drives out fear. No, right. it is. My Jesus, um, I, I love thee. I know thou art mine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that is my hope that I can, when I sin, 
confess my sin and know that he is faithful and just to, con- you know, forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And that cleansing continues to the day of the final cleansing of his appearance. Yeah, man, that's, that's good. I love that. It, it was, um, I actually, uh, you know, there, it, it was a worship. Okay. So I was in worship on the Lord's day, this past Lord's day. And, uh, we have three different bands then they all have their own kind of flavor. Right. Um, and it's because uh, you're a mega church, right? We are. We are a mega church. Um, hazers and phasers. Hazers. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, you know, thirteen thirteen hundred dollar inner monitors for every every member <laughs> of the of the band. Uh, so, you know, they they pick out like, so I give our worship teams, uh, our worship leaders. Uh, here are the sermons that are coming up. Here are the themes in that sermon. Sure. Here's the scripture reference. Here's the call to worship for that service. So now because you know everything that's going to pick songs and readings. I allow them to cultivate, pick that stuff. They all do a great job. So uh, we sang Christ is mine forevermore. And uh, there, there is one line that just broke me in a good way. Right. Um, when I say that, but, uh, and maybe I shouldn't say it broke me. Maybe I should say it healed me. But um, the line mm. is that what we have, right. What we have in this world and what we have in Christ. And so it does this over and over again. And uh, the first line that that hit me was this, mine are tears in times of sorrow, darkness not yet understood, through the valley I must travel where I see no earthly good. Like, you know, and like I've been telling people, like that's a lot of how I see life right now. A lot of darkness, Mm -hmm. not a lot of good. There is great stuff in the world and God is doing tons of stuff. But what's easy to see is the, the sorrow, the suffering, the difficulty. So he says all of this, but then he says, but mine is peace that flows from heaven and the strength in times of need. I know my pain will not be wasted. Christ completes his work in me. And, you know, mm. Philippians 1, six, he carries it all the way through to the end, right? To the day of Jesus Christ, mm. to the re- revealing mm. of the sons of God. So, I mean, it, it, it so, so many times, like it, it brings us back to this eschatological hope. Like this is a mm-hmm. part of, of how we th- should be thinking. Life is hard. Glory is coming. So what do I do? Do I just sit here and do nothing? Because if I sit here and do nothing, guess what? I'm going to feel like garbage. If I sit here and do nothing, I don't want to feel like garbage. I want to see the work of God. I want to experience the work of God. I want to taste glory now. And that's there for us, right? So the, the answer yeah, is, I think, and- the answer is, Gary Sharon, uh, yes, you are going to change. Ultimately, yeah. in the end, but progressively, right. progressively, you know, now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I just think of, um, you know, Jesus's words about loving God and loving neighbor. Like, how, do, how does that express itself in mm. our life? And we, the third use of the law comes back around again. We don't do anything to earn anything with God. We live out of the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to us. And so therefore we cannot claim these works as our own, but my desire in that trajectory towards hope is to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. How can I not be busy about what God has called me to do if I'm seeking to do those things, whether that's as a pastor Mm -hmm. um, or if, if there's, you know, people within our church, we we're doing a series right now on being on mission. And the first one in the series is all of us are called to live a great commandment, great commission lives, regardless of our, vocation, God has placed us in a community to 
um, proclaim or be disciple makers, mm. you know? And um, so that can be done at the, at the lay level. Of course, God does call some people to vocational ministry and to missions and things like that, which we're going over. But what excuse do I have? And I don't mean that in a legalistic way, right. but what excuse do I have to sit? I don't, I, yeah. you know, um, God has called me to um, a greater task that I cannot do without him, but it's, but it's, it's not an earthly grounded task. It's a, it's a heavenly mm-hmm. grounded, heavenly minded task. Right. Yeah. Set your mind on the things above where Christ is. Right. And yeah. it, so I, I love that because like this, I think this shows for two things. One, we need to have you come back on next week. Well, uh, you're going to be traveling. I think we need to have you come back on soon yeah. and we'll talk about like 10 motives for godliness today. Like we'll go, let's sure. go because you can see like contemplating scripture, like which is just yeah. the biblical discipline of meditation. Right. Mm-hmm. But being contemplative, like thinking about scripture, meditating on it, and then th- and pressing through to understand it helps you like, as if you know, it's like, Oh, why bother? I'm never going to be holy anyways. I'm always going to, be the same until Christ comes back. So I'm just going to sit here. But like you, but so you articulated a number of things. If people start to think this through, well, you're not loving your neighbor because this is not the person that they need. You're clearly not loving God, which is the greater motive, right? Because he's not honored by this life. And you know, you're, you're, you're not loving yourself, which you are called to do. Uh, you know, so like you're, you can see all of the ways in which inactivity or a, a lack of, of uh, faith, driven effort to mm-hmm. to be obedient right not works righteousness uh fall, falls apart when you stop thinking when you start to like really do the work i think that's uh, the the work of just thinking it through meditating on it we get we get so much farther mm-hmm. so i think you can see that hey listen um will you will you come back on and uh of course talk, uh, talk about anytime it? all right cuz I, I think that could be i think that could be pretty good yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just one more thought along the lines of what you're saying here. I even just sitting here and talking with you about it because I'm not thinking about the people who are going to listen to this later. I'm just thinking about having a conversation yeah. with one of my really good friends, Joe. And just that in and of itself is a encouragement to my heart. Just us dialoguing, not just thinking about it, you know, ethereally up in the clouds, but on the earth here together, mm. encouraging one another with these truths. And, and I just, you know, I, the last passage that comes to mind here is Paul saying, you know, these light and momentary afflictions are far outweighed by the glory, mm. you know, that is yet to come. And, um, whether that's affliction because of my own sin, affliction because we live in a fallen world or affliction because others are sinning against me. Um, my hope is not on a comfortable life here. In yeah. fact, I'm told I'm pr- likely not going to have that, but on the glory that far outweighs everything, every grief, every sinful thought of mine, every sinful action Mm. that I've done or those have done against me, the fallenness of this world that allows for people to be sexually abused and Mm. ask the question why and all the garbage, man, like um, just the glory of God in the face of Jesus in the presence that we will experience far outweighs all that. Mm, that's a good word, dude. I mean, all right. We're going to end on that because I can't, you know, I, I don't want to add to that. That's just, that's just good gospel. But, uh, but I'm with you, man. Like 
one of the one of the best things that God gives us is uh, the fellowship of the saints, right? I, I love it. Like you were talking about John. John's like, hey man, uh, what we really want is we want you to have fellowship with us because our fellowship is with the Father. There's like this weird thing. He's like, like we don't talk like that. Like no, 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 man. We want you to come in with us and be with us. We want to have this the fellowship because we have. It's like. I don't know, it's either a gross, like, join our church because we're the best, <laughs> right? Or we're afraid to say something as close to what John says. So I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for guys like Jimmy, uh, for the elders that I, you know, that we have at Redeemer, um, for all my friends. Uh, without them, I would be a total mess. So thank you, brother, for spending time with me today. I know we've been trying to set it up for a few times. Um, hey, listen, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking things out. And uh, we would love for you to subscribe. If you are not uh, su- subscribed to our podcast, we drop new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And that's Jimmy and I usually tearing things up. But if you want to support the podcast and help us to do the things that we're doing and do more, um, you can actually join All Access. You can just scroll down on your podcast player, look for Support This Podcast, click that link, and you can uh, join. What happens is you will now get five uh, daily uh, devotions or theological reflections as well as a podcast called Banter of Truth. So uh, you can check it out on your phone or go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash access. Of course, you can find us online, uh, social media, at Doc and Devo, or go to our website, doctrineanddevotion.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll catch you next week.